Hello, and you're very welcome along to the latest edition of News Whoa. Talks. What? Who are you? Dan, who is this guy? He's, how tan. Did he get past he's more security? tan than I remember. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's the Pat Hickey correspondent. Hey, 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 hey. You're not allowed to say those words in here. It's like Voldemort. Correspondent? Uh, no, not correspondent. The <laughs> thing. Can't say that. It's just, you know, there'll be legal teams swarming all over. What's that outside the window? Yeah, did you see? He has <laughs> probably choppers it's, deployed. It's only rain. It's you know, legal teams are very, you know, they're an active bunch. Hello, oh, lads. Sorry, um, sorry, Richie. Here you go. Here's your passport back. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You were uh, missed. It is the News Talk SSE or Tracy Lee podcast, and it is my first, uh, me being Richie McCormick, in nearly a month, because away I was in Rio de Janeiro for some trifling little thing uh, compared to the Artistry League called the Olympic Games which were, in comparison to the likes of Wexford Hughes versus Finn Harps, rubbish. Honest question, which is better organised? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, clearly it's the Olympics, you know. Uh, you had to think about it, though. No, it clearly suggests that it is actually clearly a better run event. Didn't Avalanche once say the uh, Olympics was the problem child of the IOC? <laughs> No, because it's the only child of the IOC. So it's spoiled. Like, so it's both the spoiled, <laughs> it's a spoiled brat. gifted and yeah. problem child. It's, had, it's, everything, everything. it's okay. had everything handed to it on a plate and it's got a shocking sense of entitlement and it wears doobries without socks and chinos. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. It is that kind of thing. Uh, thank you for looking after it in my absence, this yoke that we call a podcast, lads. Well, thank you both in advance for looking after it in my absence as I go to Rio for the Paralympics. Yeah, you're getting a plum gig. You're heading off for how long? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks in Rio de Janeiro in the winter. I, I will really tell you this. hope not to be hanging around cop shops in Rio. Yeah, it's it's Richie. It's, kind of, you became our cop shop correspondent. You haven't lived until you've spent four hours outside a police station in a dodgy part of Rio de Janeiro, and security, not police, because it's above their or it's below their pay grade. The police to be stood minding people outside a police station came out to tell us that uh, if we wanted to stick around, we had to come either closer to the door or come inside the compound. Uh, into which we're driving loads of cars with guns and criminals uh, all throughout the live long day. Uh, we had to go inside because they couldn't guarantee our safety, despite the fact that they are security to a police station because they were surrounded on three sides by favelas and they said our gear was probably already eyed up and we may be shot. What type of gear had you? I had very little on me actually. I just like my phone. I'm trying to think that day. I don't think I had my laptop. It was literally my phone. But other people had far more impressive things. There were uh, people from rival media organisations, let's say, that had cameras and such like with them. Are we here to talk about football? Yes, we are. Because Bose winning. When I was away. No, actually not when I was away. When I came back. Come back to Bose winning their first trophy in six years. Come on. Following up the Satanta Sports Cup win of 2010 with the Leinster Senior Cup. Get in! And the weird thing about it is they went all out to win it. Yeah, damn right. They went all out and looking at Bohemians fans and even the Bohemians... Come on! Uh, the Bohemians it's a trophy, Dan! It is a We're trophy. We're not barren this season. <laughs> Current to many other recent seasons. But yeah, that's... When, pe- when Bohemians fans look back on 2016... We're back. They will remember that. We're back. That musty Dublin... August evening. Yeah, it was a yeah. It yeah. was it was a good it was a good night. Handed Wexford Dudes a new one. Oh, we handed Wexford Dudes a new one. Won ourselves a lovely trophy and a gorgeous trophy. The Leinster Senior Cup is too, and uh, our first in six years. So, yes, get in. Roll on twenty twenty two. Yeah, you've been a busy man, Ush. Sorry, I just I tuned out of that conversation because I was so uninterested. Trophy, what? trophy, right? Trophy, whatever. Trophy. I've had a busy couple of weeks indeed. Yes. Yeah, man. 
you were uh, out and about, uh, particularly uh, in California, uh, representing the GEA fraternity I saw on Twitter. Of Facebook, actually. I didn't oh, Facebook, was picture. it? Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, I'm going to tweet it laterally. I'm going to save the full <laughs> image and send it out with this uh, later today. Uh, representing Waterford that you were in Tala because that needed to be done, you felt. Well, Ardmore is my club. And as I said to someone last night, the GA is my wife, whereas the League of Ireland is, <laughs> you know, someone I called for a steak dinner and rarely called back. I do enjoy the league, though. I mean, you know. With or without my wadi? No, with my wadi. I have class, man. <laughs> you have class because you drink my wadi with your steak. Oh, good Lord. Uh, but yeah, you, were, you, you saw Rovers in action last night. Yes, I did. And I can't kind of get my head around it. Now, I spoke to James Keddy, formerly of Derry and Shamrock Rovers after the game and had a word with uh, Wexford youth boss Shane Keegan about uh, Rovers and about their own situation and the fact that uh, fixtures have been jumbled around. Uh, first, though, let us hear from the management teams. Kenny Shields, always worth to listen. We've been talking to him about uh, his team and whether or not they're title contenders. He still says they're not. No. We've also been talking about new balls, please. I'll try and explain that one as we go on. But first, Stephen Bradley. A lot of youngsters playing for Shamrock Rovers. So the downside of this season so far is that they look like they may miss out on the top four, even though they've got a couple of uh, games in hand. And last night they created chances. They didn't uh, take them. Um, not sure that I... Oh, yeah, that's a downside. The upside is that... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't sure whether I called that an upside or a downside. Radio 101. Who, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows the Rovers uh, anymore, really? <laughs> exactly. Look, the upside, though, is that they are playing a lot of young players. Yeah. And I was talking to Stephen Bradley about the club's goals and his goals. But first, about uh, last night's performance. And um, I'm pretty sure you've edited out my first question. Yeah. So the question was... Did they lose a game they could have drawn or won? Yeah, yeah, we, sh- we should have got something out of the game. We missed a lot of chances, like, you know. Um, without playing really well, we we still should have scored maybe two or three goals. Um, we should have had two panels. Uh, we're looking another night. We, like I said, we scored them two or three without playing well, and we come away either winning or drawing the game, but we didn't. You did some things well, some things not so well to the point of you could see what you're trying to do you can see what the players were looking to do but it just didn't quite happen for them is that plain and simply down to inexperience no I don't think so no because it's, it's happened every other week and we played well it's just you get them kind of games where um, things just don't come off you don't passes don't find the, the player and our movement wasn't sharp and uh, in the first half so no it's not inexperience because we've been playing well for the last five or six weeks it's just one of them nights we didn't play well but again we still should have got something out of the game Just looking at one particular incident and I'm not picking on one player here I'm just kind of using this as an example ball falls to Brandon in the box I would suggest that if he was confident he would have pulled on it first time but he took a touch and he tried to play it left and it just didn't quite happen does that kind of summarise that the confidence levels in the squad at the moment does, does that kind of does that kind of show where the confidence is at no, I think that's that doesn't make sense if you look at our last few games, to be honest. Yeah. We've scored, what, three, two the other night, five and, and three the week before, so to say confidence is low is, doesn't really add up, like, you know. The whole fact is that Bannon's in the box and he didn't see the right full covering and he tried to play the pass square. Yeah. On another night, the right full's not there, it's a great pass, so it's nothing to do with confidence in the squad. The last few weeks we've scored, I think, ten goals, so no normal confidence. Playing some good football though with a lot of young players I mean there's a lot to be admired yeah we played good football we didn't tonight in the first half second half we were better but we didn't in the first half you're going to get that with young players and, and players in general that they're going to have dips and things aren't going to happen but um, like I said we didn't play well and we still should have maybe won the game with the chances we had and 
uh, Stonewall penalty that their keeper Tommy coming off it was, a, it was a blatant penalty you know obviously you're coming in in tough circumstances so what's your brief what's your goal what's a good season for you to win games to win as many games as possible and see where it takes us um, try something different and, and be fresh with it that was my my own brief to myself um, and like I said we've been good we've been very good um, tonight in the first half we weren't good but other than that we've, we've been very good so uh, we just go again now for Friday Is it tough on players when as the game goes on you can kind of feel a bit of apathy from the crowd that seem to filter out onto the pitch at times No that's that's happens that's the way it goes like you know you know that as players that's that's the way it is like you just deal and get on with it like sometimes when you're on the pitch you don't even you don't even hear it like you know A hard fought but uh, much deserved victory tonight I think uh, <laughs> it was hard to say if we deserved to win or not I think we did uh, being biased but certainly the quality of our play I don't think anyone can have any complaints about the entertainment value tonight I don't think it warranted uh, 11 bookings certainly didn't but um, it was hard for the referee at times but I think that we did enough maybe just about to win it we're delighted obviously delighted with the win but would you be disappointed you didn't score more because you created chances and that left Rovers in it as long as you weren't scoring Rovers had chances as well let's not forget so uh, but you know we played Limerick in the semi-finals of the League Cup and it was similar to that We'd, well, we had more chances in that game, to be fair. But you know, they hit us, and they were—they're a good team as well. And I'm really surprised how good Shamrock Rovers were tonight because I watched them against Finn Harps last week, and it's a totally different environment. But they weren't anywhere near the quality that they were tonight, and they were a difficult opponent. And the one took up in the last 30. We played against the one in the first half, and against the one in the second half, whatever way it was doing. But. Um, pleased for everybody because they put in such a shift and it puts us probably in a good position now because they uh, if they they have to win their two games in hand and that will not be easy in this league but then we play Galway on Friday which is a tough game How important was the win in a sense that you solidified third spot tonight or put a, a firmer grip on it shall we say? Well I suppose you could say that yes uh, but it's been a tough week. The weeks have been tough. And, you know, we get a home game on Friday and then we go for three away games again. Waxford, Waxford, Dundalk. And there's a lot of travelling and the boys deserve so much credit. They really do. And uh, we've, got, we've got good character in the team. Very good character. You've got craft as well and strength. There's a nice mix. Yeah, we haven't got a lot of strength, to be fair, in terms of... Uh, We've got a great strength and conditioning coach, don't get me wrong, but most of the boys, Barry McNamee, Connor McCormick, you know, they're all small, light players. Nathan Boyle, young lad from Derry, uh, Connor McDermott, Dean Jarvis, they're not big in stature or, or physique, but they're good players. And, you know, I've always tried to uh, make sure that a player, anyone who plays for me, has got technical ability. It's the first priority. And if everybody did that, it would be a fantastic game, wouldn't it? And uh, I think we're with the least fouls in the league. We did a survey on it there recently, and we've got something like Dundalk are second. We've um, got a lot of bookings.
and to get four bookings tonight and for Shamrock Rovers, the home team, to get seven, I think the referees need to look at the directive from FIFA because there's too many bookings. Mm. And then the crowd that pay the money are suffering because they want to come and see quality players and they're suspended, you know. Did you do that research in reaction to the amount of bookings picked up or yes, why was that? in reaction to it. We did it two weeks ago and we got four more tonight. What did you make of those four? Um, the first one, definitely not. not. Maybe not the first one, but Aaron Barry's knocked it past him. The guy's caught him and he goes off balance and falls. He wasn't diving. If it's intent to, to seek an advantage, then I can understand that. But it wasn't. And I was angry with the referee. And then the other one was, uh, I forget now, I forget now. But they're not, you know, the same happened with the Shamrock Rovers player in the same area of the pitch. And and, and there was no no booking, you know. So that's just the way it goes. Sometimes it happens. You were cut out by new footballs tonight. Now, I didn't know about this rule. Do you might, you might explain it to me. Well, I don't know either. Because I was talking with Stephen and there was... He says they've had them for six weeks. Pats have had them. And uh, Bo's had them last night. I was the match last night. Big disadvantage the first 20 minutes, but we got the grips with it. Are these footballs introduced for the new seasons everywhere else and they just come in halfway through this season because... I think six weeks they've just come in now. I don't you, know enough about it. That's fair enough. You said that last week, I think it was, that you're not title contenders. Would you stick by that? No, we're not. No, definitely not. Not a chance. Thanks. Yes, this is the official Kenny Shields Appreciation Society podcasts, and that was the man himself. We uh, we got some FaceTime with him, what he did last night. Yeah, first we, time uh, meeting speak him. To you. Was it? Yeah. I mean, what's it, what's it like as a person, face to face? He's cool. Yeah? Nice guy. He's got that kind of quirkiness that, all good managers have and he kind of reminds me a little bit of Martin O'Neill and I found it very interesting Is that it from Derry? All Nordies are the same according <laughs> to Oshie That's pretty Langham. much exactly what I'm saying but I thought there was a couple of interesting things in there one was the research they commissioned themselves into the amount of yellow cards they're getting and the amount of yellow cards that other teams are getting and also the new balls thing which I didn't notice on the night and obviously yeah. he didn't want to get into too much and well quite frankly it's just far too much going on for me to actually do some proper research on it. Can I raise something that you mentioned off air? Yes. About last night's game. Yes. And the coverage thereof. Mm-hmm. The fact that Derry have this covered twice and twice live. Yeah. From commentary teams on the radio. Yeah. Which I think is magnificent. You've got Drive 105, which is a commercial station, obviously. Yeah. And then you've got BBC Radio Foilside. And they were both doing live commentary. It's amazing. And then, you know, from the Rovers' point of view, if you wanted to listen to this game in Dublin, you couldn't. No. Cork is the same thing Cork City some of their games are covered by 96FM the European games were done and very you know done very well but I don't think all of their league games are covered I'm which not is lo- weird for a, a club Cork size and a city Cork size now there is um, an online commentary provided yeah, by yeah, yeah. a couple of kind of what I'd call enthusiastic spectators and they do a good job but it's just not the same as having an FM service. Um, who else is there? Dundalk FM cover all of Dundalk's games but it's Most not of them anyway. but LMFM do some as well to be I, fair. Don't, I don't they've, think they've they done, do a whole pile they've done European games I think yeah they but did, I don't yeah. think they do like I mean if you wanted a guarantee or if you wanted like there's no club you're not going to know you're not going to go every Friday I'm going to hear Dundalk yeah, I think pretty much Derry is the only club where you're guaranteed to get a commentary of pretty much all the games Dan do Ocean do Sligo uh, Ocean do Ocean FM Sligo would do most of the away games if possible they only do updates on the home games because 
the feel that if you do live commentary of a home game it may take away from the attendance nah, that's, nah. if it's on TV it does if it's on radio it doesn't if you've got a town of like 15 people if you're Athlone I think it might be an yeah. issue but then again uh, yeah, all the when in greater times when Slug Rovers had regular European football they would have obviously done home and away games live they would do the, they, would do, they would do the big games live but it's predominantly more full live commentary for away games and uh, updates were feasible and then more so updates were home. I'm not abdicating responsibility here because clearly we're part of a radio station and we, you know, we've you know not won live League of Ireland games on here uh, to my memory. Uh, which I think is the last one we did was Shamrock Rovers against Bohemians in 2008 yeah. and um, Dave McIntyre did it with Paddy Mulligan. I think Waterford were playing that day which is why I didn't do it and let me see we did the deciding night of the league back in 04 Wow. Derek Collin and I down at Turner's Cross. You're showing your age we here. We did a couple of Atlantic Cup games. And um, we did... Um, oh, just in terms of the league. Yeah, we did... Um, let me see. I remember actually one of the, the... So it's a while ago, basically, is what you're saying. Yes, and actually, it reminds me of something. We did a Satanta Cup game up in uh, Belfast, John Gill and I. And Liam Carney was playing for Shelburne at the time. And a texter got in contact and said, because you couldn't tweet back then, a texter got in contact and said, is Liam Carney Oshin Langan's love child? He's praising him way too much. <laughs> Liam, Liam Carney and I actually share a birthday. Really? Yeah. Very good. So, yeah, yeah there is a chance that there is some kind of blood relative thing going on there. It's not, I'm not, this isn't a criticism. I don't want anybody to, to, to think that it's necessarily a criticism. Oh God, it's, it's more... Nice news talk. It's more of a it's no it's more of a, a, a wider media ponderance as yeah. to why there are certain markets that would seem to have room for things like League of Ireland commentaries don't. Well, for example, mm. just going back to going back to what's happened with Ocean FM and Sligo, mm. they're the only team in the locality in the catchment area in the catchment mm. area. Correct. If you look at Dublin, where you have some, you can't like you, you can't. Oh, do sorry, it. do you, you know what? Lads, 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 honourable mention Galway Bay FM. They do an awful lot of Galway United okay. games. Yeah, and they supply a bit of audio to us. So they do, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But with commercial stations in Dublin, for the amount of clubs that are there, unless you have, unless it comes into the point where uh, X station is the official partner of X team and Y station is the official partner mm. of Y team, we had a bit of that. We, uh, when I was working with Phantom, had an arrangement whereby we did sponsor some. Uh, that was spon- Dan Kelly, by the way. Sponsored Bohemians. Way to turn a little bit, but like had like uh, the pitch side things Any and advertised the games. Uh, no, because I was literally one of the only sports-minded people in the station, which was small enough to begin with, and they had no scope <laughs> to to do live games of a of a Friday night or any other time, uh, just given. You yeah, know, resources, etc., and the license, and the license, uh, yeah, and the license, which didn't uh, entail us doing live games. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm thinking out loud here. I'm thinking that there could probably be a more. really boring conversation. Probably is to some, radio. you know. Although there you go. I actually do think people would listen to live commentary. It was there. You'd get people. You see, I think with the League of Ireland, and I'm one of them. I'm kind of the poster child for this. There are people who are interested. The fact that you just a- can't be arsed going to the games, but they would interact if the if the service was there and they'd watch the games on TV. And then, you know, you get them interested, you get them a little bit more interested, you get I, them... Yeah, I think, I, I think there's a point there, there's a point where the avenues to it are so fractured in yeah. that you don't necessarily know how to access all these things. There isn't one necessarily uh, yeah. website, there isn't one, you know, there's a bunch of, loads of people who do a lot of good work, yeah. but there isn't one direct avenue that you go down to all these things and say, this is how I'm going to ingest my League of Ireland football. But even on TV, it's 
it's kind of broken. You never know exactly when a game is on. Like last night would have been ideal. You never know when one's one. on. You never know who's, who, unless you're following it intently. Yeah. You never know whether it's going you to be on to air or whether it's RTE. You basic for people. Like that's yeah. why the Pro 12, for example, you know there's a game on a Friday. You know there's a game on a Saturday. You know they're on TV. Premier League times, obviously you know when those games are on. Mm. Uh, but last night, Tuesday night, Shamrock Rovers up against Derry. Interesting game. Cork City up against Bray. Interesting game. None of them on TV and there was no other live sport that I can think of on. So you would have had a free run. Right, where are we moving to next with this one? We're going to James Keddy, is it? Yeah, we'll go to James Keddy. He won a league with Derry, played for Shamrock Rovers. Um, I spoke to him about Robbie Keane, obviously who plays uh, for Ireland tonight against Oman in his last appearance in the green jersey. Uh, we'll get to that because James obviously works in coaching and works up in home farm. Uh, but first, I asked him about the uh, game and I'm going to keep the uh, intro quite general because I don't exactly remember <laughs> the first question I asked him. Profesh. James Keddy, former league winner with Derry and obviously a former Shamrock Rovers player as well. You watched uh, Derry beat Rovers here 1-0. What did you make of the game? I thought Derry deserved a win. Um, Patterson did really, really well up top. And, um, you know, I thought in the midfield they, they dominated. But um, at the back four, Van Malen and young McCormick, Roy Fulk, did really, really well. So overall, I thought he deserved especially the second half. Shamrock Rovers with a lot of youth in that team and I guess at times it looked that way one or two little decisions cost them tonight yeah well the young the two boys up top from um, Shaw he's, he's young enough and um, Boyd he's been doing really well but they were playing against better quality tonight in, in a Derry City team who, you know Van Malen at the back he's very very good very calm um, Patrick McLean did well left back and young Jarvis did well in, in centre half as well so they're playing against much better players than they have in the last couple of weeks I guess Shamrock Rovers fans maybe have to temper their expectations what would be a good season for Rovers given the youth and the change and the fact that you know they don't have a permanent manager at the moment it doesn't matter Shamrock Rovers you, you, you know, I played here for two years you're expected to, um, to do well you're expected to be in Europe and um, you know there's a bit of pressure on the young players tonight the, the, the fans you know they were getting on their back a little bit but um, that's what that's that's what goes when you play you're, you're a Shamrock Rovers player you, you, them expectations you've got to live up to them yeah just before I let you go, I know that you work with academies and youth development and all that. Robbie Keane is retiring. Is he the ultimate example of what we can produce in this country? Is he the guy you can appoint to when you're training your kids and say, be like him, look at Robbie Keane, look what he does? Well, Robbie's the old street footballer, I'm sure. You know, that's the, the problem with the kids today. Uh, society's changed and kids are with iPads, iPods and, you know, there's not many kids playing on the streets anymore. And, and then we wonder why the kids aren't... Um, uh, they're not as good as years gone by but before we used to probably play in the streets for six, seven hours a day and now if you said that to a kid he'd probably look at you and, and think you were a bit crazy Is there anything that can be done to combat that? Because we've kind of known about this problem for a couple of years now at this stage Well unless um, I think I think we need some sort of vision with, with the FAI and we need to get kids training a little bit more um, and they, they have to train every day and that's that's just the enforcer thing but I don't think you know with exams and um, the way society's gone I don't think that's going to happen PE every day in school maybe rather than just two days or maybe it's schools where you have to take this on because that's the only place they're safely together kids now well that's true but um, someone has to come up with something because I, I don't think we're producing the players of the past the likes of the Robbie Keynes uh, Damien Duffs Richie Duns the quality isn't there and if you look at the underage systems I don't think it's coming through what are the things you're noticing what's different about the kids now that you're seeing at home farm I really don't know if they loved the game as much as we did when we were kids um, and we probably 
because all he had was the game. I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it was Angela's ashes or anything no, like that, but it was yeah, different. It was different, and as I said, even when Robbie was yeah, young. society's changed, unfortunately, but. Um, for good and bad but I don't know unless the kids are training two or three hours a day they're not going to get up to the levels that that we had years ago it's intermission time we're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often James Kelly there speaking with O'Sheen and a man uh, with feet in two pies fingers in two pies he probably has feet in two pies as well. He must have. Had, he must have very small feet or very big pies. How big are the pies? I like, in fairness, you know, you get a decent sized pie dish that can, you know, feed four to six. Then you're sucking diesel as regards getting your feet in there. What's Football the, pie. What's the Brazilian pie culture like? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there a Brazilian pie culture? Mm, I didn't have one over there. There's they they do. Do you know what they do actually? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I'll give you. You'll need an insight in this because this is something that will affect you when you go over there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on their burgers, they're not prone to putting. Um, cheese slices on them when it's like a cheeseburger because it took me a while to figure this out when I got a double cheeseburger from the Habib's place that was up around the corner from where I was staying and Habib's is a chain of fast food restaurants over there Um, I was like what is this weird kind of mustardy kind of flavoury orangey stuff on it cream cheese yeah it's cheese sauce they put in the burger instead of actual cheese cheese slices there you go there's an insight into Brazil you never had before they don't have that in the ads and in the tourism brochures while I was away as well the inevitable finally happened and that was that Limerick got promoted they and did. won Division 1, Dan. And they did it unbeaten. Uh, they so defeated, far. So far, yes. Uh, they defeated UCD 3-2 uh, in the UCD Belfield Bowl or whatever it's called nowadays. What is it now? It's the UCD Bowl, I isn't it? I still think it's the UCD Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but they won 3-2. With the best stadium announcer in the game, by the way. Uh, have you seen the Limerick video? Does of- he even need a microphone? No, he's just he's <laughs> okay. got this wonderfully measured delivered tone coming it's, on it's not so much UCD. about his tone as the amount of people who actually attend games there and I know that sounds like a cheap oh. shot but generally people just sit in the middle of the stand and you could actually nearly hear them all from the top of the stand but he does it from the far side I think oh does he he does it in that little hut that's over oh, the well, then he does need a mic there you go anyway the, uh, they won the league with flying colours so uh, I decided to speak to Limerick's manager Martin Russell about the season that's been their hopes for next season if they uh, will go the season unbeaten also they have a League Cup coming up and I basically started by just congratulating them on what's been an outstanding season so far Thanks very much we're very pleased with you know what we've done to date and um, getting promotion was the was the big objective at the start of the season and to do it you know as quickly as possible so we're very pleased In your wildest dreams could you have thought that the season would have gone this well with 22 games or uh, 22 games in only 4 points have been dropped and it's probably even harsh saying 4 points have been dropped but you know there's, 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 there's just been the 2 draws still unbeaten uh, that night back in Finn Park last November did you think that things would have gone this well you know when, when we think back to that night um, everybody was so down because we, we got a really big effort to try and get out of the trouble that we were in um, it didn't happen but I remember saying at the end of the game you know that we've took a step back and for every club and in sport in general things don't stand still and you've got to bounce back and work to go forward again and that's what we've done and a lot of credit uh, goes to the chairman for you know, uh, helping assemble a, a squad and having me as the manager well resourced with, with a group of players that um, were committed and, and, and up to the task. When uh, I suppose it, like it is fair to say that the team Limerick had were on paper at least at the start of the season by far the best in the first division. But what happens on paper and what happens on the pitch can be two totally separate things. When it looked somewhat obvious. A lot, uh, maybe after the first round of fixtures that Limerick were by far the best team in, in the division what do you do as a manager to keep 
uh, to keep uh, standards up that knowing well uh, that uh, promotion may be an eventuality yeah, I think the, the key word you mentioned there is standards. You know, we, we've, we've always tried to get the lads to try and play in a fashion that, A, wins the league, but um, obviously, you look at it with, with an eye on Premier Division football and, and the standards that are needed there, you know. So we, we've we've mentioned that a lot in our team talks, that um, it wasn't just about winning games here in this division, it was about producing football that was capable to do well in, in a, in, at the next level. So um, and the lads have, have, have bought into that. The, um, we've had a good bunch, and um, you know they say they, they they they've played well this season as well as winning games. I think what's been pleasing is, is the way we've played. How has the how has the club transformed since you've come there? Obviously, the move to Marketsfield last year saw a resurgence in attendances, and even with the results that uh, were so close to keeping uh, Limerick in the Premier Division last year, has has moving to Marketsfield basically revitalised the club? Yeah, I think if you go back to last season, when we got into the market too, which was halfway during the season, um, you know things really went well from there. It was we just fell short, um, but the market too was was probably the major boost from last season, and we've built on that. And people seem to want to come to the market too as a venue. It's regarded as a spiritual home of Limerick Football Club, and um, that as well has potential to grow and become an even better venue. The pitch is first class. Um, but the big thing I'd say that people seem to want to come there and um, the players have responded the atmosphere of the games has been great um, particularly when we've been winning and um, the players want to go back each week and play there Just looking at the uh, when when you see a team being so dominant you, you might assume for people looking from the outside that maybe they had one or two top strikers that were the difference but looking at the top scorers you've had this season John O'Flynn with 12 Aaron Green with 11 and these are only in the league Paul O'Connor Chris Mulhall each with 9 the goals were certainly spread around. I know there's been 77 goals scored in the 22 games, but there there hasn't been a sole reliance on one or two players that uh, everyone has stepped up to the play when needed. That's right, you know, and um, the goals have come from different areas of of the team, which is good, um, which is what you're looking for, not relying purely on one aspect. Um, so that's been pleasing, and you say from the forwards, you know, to the defenders, um, they've all they've all rolled in with a, more than a fair share, and um, I suppose that's one of the big reasons why we've done so well. Just looking at uh, looking ahead to next season, and I know there's still a long way to go with this season, but already Limerick have a Premier Division-ready squad. Compared to Wexford and Finn Harps, who may have had issues this season coming up, uh, enticing players to go to those two teams, there's a lot of Premier Division class already in the Limerick squad. Do you look at this now as a chance to consolidate next season or a chance to maybe make a push for one of the European spots or even even higher than that? Yeah, I mean, there is a bit of time and we still have to work through budgets and stuff like that for next season. But um, I think we'll, we'll have a squad that should do well. Um, how how well, I think, you know, most seasons, I think the league standards reflect um, whoever has what budget in and around, you know. So we'll see what we can get. We can get together squad-wise. Um, but I would expect us to be competitive. And as I said, at Finn Park, you know, it's ongoing for every club, whether it be Wexford Youths or Finn Harps or, or Limerick or, or Dundalk. You know, you've got to um, keep taking steps forward. But without without doubt, the potential um, within Limerick is, should be and, and is as good as anywhere, you know. Do you think that... Uh, this may sound like a silly question, but do you think that the relegation last year may have been one of the best things that happened to the club, that it gave them a chance to consolidate, obviously not in, in the division that was planned, but you now have a team, a style of football that uh, that you're comfortable with, that this was the, in, for a better word, the, uh, the dummy season that was a chance to now go straight back up to the Premier Division and hopefully impress at the first chance? 
Yeah, listen, we love we love to just we love to have uh, made the escape last year and um, and and being and, and kept that progression in in the so to speak in the in the Premier Division. Um, it's still like I said, the, the, it's still tough in the Premier Division, and um, you, you, each club has to work you know really hard to, to a get a budget to get the best players and you know to be successful in it. Um, so, I mean. Limerick, it's a long time since Limerick has got into Europe, for example, and you know we, we've got to be realistic, um, but we've got to be working towards that objective again. That um, I think it really will kick off for Limerick Football Club the day it does get a European spot, and um, whether that's down the road and how far it's down the road, it's hard to tell because it, we've got a lot of hard work ahead. But that's what we're going to try and do. And I know you said that uh, there's a long road ahead and European football could kickstart it, but obviously something else that could kickstart a resurgence is the League Cup final. And yeah. you're and you're in a very unusual position in Irish football where you already have a league title won before the League Cup final even takes place. Well, you know, the Hampton final in the Marcus Field is another great football occasion that, you know, we're, 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 the players have managed to do and bring it there. Um, it's I think it's 14 years since they, uh, we last we're in that uh, last bit of the Senior Cup. So um, we're looking forward to the occasion and, and hopefully on the night we, we can we can play well and win it. But we know Pats have already beaten us in the FA Cup and they'll, they'll be formidable on the night. But it should be a good footballing game between two good, two good footballing teams and um, let's hope we come on the right end result. I know, I know people never like saying this, but will there be a little bit of revenge in mind, even if not for yourself, for the players, it is the only uh, competitive loss to have had this season? Yeah, if you look at that, 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 that that's, that's one thing that we'd like to turn over. Um, but the main thing is that we, we, we have a possibility of winning the trophy. And um, that, 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 that's the big one. We've seen teams like Sport and Fingal come up in recent years, and there's obviously been a lot of interest in teams who've come up with uh, who've played so dominantly. But with Limerick, for people who haven't seen you this season, what uh, what can we expect next season from uh, from Limerick uh, with uh, styles of football and players and things like that? Yeah, I think you know since I've been at the club, I've been advocating uh, you know uh, football style that you know passes through through the pitch, and um, you know we've got. We think we've got technical players that um, will, will want to play well and, and will work hard. And um, like this season, we've gone out to try and win each and every game, and I don't see that changing ahead. So I think we, we, we hopefully we're a team that can entertain and be productive with it, and um, we'll do as much as we can to, to, to achieve both those results. And finally, Martin, just looking back again to the game on Sunday evening, from a personal perspective, how nice was it for yourself? And I know Paul O'Connor also got two goals, the two ex-UCD men, to win the league in Belfield. Yeah, I don't think it really mattered where or where we wanted. I think it was it was getting over the line, and um, it happened to be Belfield and UCD. And, and and to be fair to UCD on the night, they they played probably even better than us, and maybe we're, we're a bit unfortunate that they they get something out of the game. So um, a lot of credit goes to them for making a, a good game. But um, it didn't matter to me where we did it, um, as long as we did it in the quickest time possible. And this, those twenty two games, you know, it took twenty two games to do that, and we're delighted to be back as a Premier Division club now. Is is the key now for the rest of the season to remain unbeaten? It's a, yeah, it'd be a nice goal. I think the lads have, have mentioned themselves, and you know, with the with the games remaining, we'll we'll do our utmost to to play them out in in a in a winnable fashion, and hopefully, um, you know, we, we can do that. Well, Martin, it's been an absolute dominant performance in the first division. I know, you, as I said, you, there is still the League Cup final to come. So, best luck for the next season. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. I like the way he calls you Daniel at the end.
Yeah. Adds yeah. an air of officiality that isn't really there to you. That's that's your thoughts, not not Martin's. Martin was <laughs> I suppose that he's uh he he took part in that interview the way he has done the whole season, very professionally and on point. Ah, that's you know, I think that's And Martin was on was top the whole way through. Like his team. That wasn't a I see the smiles on your faces and you're taking something dirty from that when you quite clearly know I was referencing Limerick's position on in the table. There's nothing dirty about being on top, was she? Ooh, yes, that's a very good one. You also spoke to Shane Keegan this week. Yeah, I did. Well, the Wexford was he on top? The van- the van- no, he wasn't. Yeah, when- that was just cheap from Dan. That was cheap. In fairness, Dan, that was coarse. Yeah. You didn't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like he's I actually, was, he's actually near the bottom. No, you, you didn't need. To, oh, come on, Dan, you didn't need to stick that in there. Oh, now don't be like that, matron. <laughs> How much of that are we going to keep? Lots. All really? Of it. Actually, people are we be- going to insert carry on background noises? Yeah, that's 100%. the only way we'll get away with this. Yeah, sound see, effects. It's just crass if we don't have sound effects. <laughs> Ask Brendan O'Carroll; he'll tell you. That man knows comedy. <laughs> you have a laugh. The wig, I, the glasses, the catchphrase. Brilliant. Uh, in fairness, O'Carroll is a genius, like an actual genius in the sense that he's in Mensa or has qualified to be in Mensa. But to make money off Mrs. Brown's boys, you have to be a level of genius to make money off that crap because he's capable. <laughs> honestly, lads, he is capable of Don't so much listen. more. Joe Duffy's going to ring him up. He's, Joe, I, du- Joe Duffy last week, yeah. I heard uh, read quotes back to O'Carroll about when you read when you read stuff like I'd rather blow my own brains out than watch Mrs. Brown's boys. What do you think of? What do you think of when you hear that? He's like, oh, 12 many people are just, oh, 12 many people are just, you know, yeah. but they were hurt. The words hurt. It is like the most watched show on yeah. BBC on Christmas Day, I think the last three years. Well, if I may quote Superhands here, People like Coldplay and voted for the Nazis. You can't trust people, Jeremy. You can't trust Shane Keegan because he's a good man, despite the fact that Wexford Youth lost 4 0 in the Lancer Senior Cup final, the Bohemians, the Hand Bohemians, yeah, the first trophy in four yeah, years. So I'm, sure, I'm sure he's only ma- worried about games that actually matter, though, Richie. Um, and I spoke to him about their season so far. The last time we spoke to him was about, what, three, four games into yeah, the season yeah, when yeah. they came to one all draw away to Cork City. Uh, anyway, spoke to Keegan about uh, playing against Derry in the upcoming uh, Cup match, playing against them in the league as well. Um, rearranging fixtures and how annoying that is for him when they're the, the victim of it one might say and also about the off the pitch side of things because he's not just the football manager he actually works behind the scenes with Wexford um, we also spoke about Derry City as title contenders or nay he thinks they possibly are thanks Dan Ritchie and me we're here at Tala Stadium with Shane Keegan Wexford Youth Manager Shane you were in Tala tonight for two reasons. One, because it's a Tuesday night and you and I have nothing better to be doing than watching games. And two, you've got a very big cup game coming up against Derry. Before we talk about year game and the various issues, what did you make of tonight's performance? Derry getting a 1-0 win against a very young Shamrock Rovers team. Yeah, I thought it was a case of Derry doing exactly what Derry have been doing all season, which is probably not playing fantastically well. Um, opposition certainly tonight and, and on a few occasions when I've seen him having more chances than him but Derry coming out with the win as they've done on numerous numerous times they're, they're the masters of it they, they just know how to how to dig in and how to, 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 to grit it out and how to get the three points and that was another example of it tonight you know Try and explain the difference how come Derry were able to do that and Rovers weren't? I don't know they have a few boys there that are, are very very clever um, you know the lads who've been around a long time and know how to see a game through most importantly down the centre of the field like Barry McNamee you know, so so clever. Rory up front, brilliant goal. He's 
probably by his own standards probably he hasn't touched the ball an awful lot over the course of the night yet he's come away with the only goal of the game and then the big one for me is Doherty and goal I just think he's brilliant you know he's, 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 he's worth a massive amount of points to them and uh, as you said the Rovers team is very very young so they obviously they would be a bit naive and not have that same know-how and cleverness and uh, yeah they nicked it <laughs> there's an apathy around here isn't there yeah I suppose the season is probably at a stage for them where you know they're, 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 they're probably going to finish in and around 4th, 5th there thereabouts no matter what way things go I think it's great to see them pulling in, throwing in the young lads I mean we played them we played them up here a couple of weeks ago and they absolutely pulled it t- t- towards the pieces <laughs> um, with pretty much the same sides some very very young players in it um, but they were excellent and look with a season kind of petering out it's definitely a good time to throw in the young lads as they're doing and they could go on a gallop and they could get Europe because there's well, there's possibilities there they could finish fourth and get into Europe that's something that will become clearer as the season goes on um, I'll stop putting you in the awkward position of asking you about teams that you're going to come up against after the following question Liam Coyle said that Derry are title challengers Kenny Shields has said they're not what do you think? Yeah I, I think I, I think they, they look like they're there for the long haul they look like they could stay at it now um, look the problem obviously they have is that there's two such good sides although obviously this mountain games against Dundalk is, is going to count against them yeah it's, it's, it's very hard to see how they won't be in the picture come the end if they keep eking out victories like that yeah. let's talk about your own team you were due to play Bowls on Friday night but that's all been changed with six days notice you might tell us the circumstances and how you're feeling about that <laughs> um, can I do that without getting myself in a fine or a club fine or various different things yeah look it's just it's a crazy situation um, you're told you get a phone call at, at half eleven on a Saturday morning to tell you that the game that you're due to play on Friday night is, is called off um, I mean, they talk about the league wanting to be more professional, they want the clubs within the league to be more professional. How the hell... I mean, we don't plan from week to week. We plan in, in three, four-week cycles. Um, so, you know, everything's been thrown out the window based on that fixture being pulled. I mean, for us, we had three games in seven days um, where it was going to be Dundalk on the Friday, Bowes last night in the Leinster Senior Cup, and then Bowes again on the Friday. And because we saw Bowes in the league as the most important one, I picked my starting 11 from there and worked back in terms of picking the two starting 11s for the, the two previous games. Next, all, all of a sudden, the game doesn't exist anymore and you're, 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 all your planning and everything has gone out the window. And of course, on the flip side now, it leaves us with the Bowls game being refixed um, on a Monday night in between two really, really impo- other important league games. Obviously, we're in amateur status. We've lads that are going to be working all day Monday. It's just, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it just doesn't strike me as a fair situation, you know? Yeah. The last time I spoke to you was after the draw against Cork City. You said even then, it was going to be tough. How is it playing out? Are you seeing guys getting frustrated, getting tired, making mistakes that they wouldn't? Or are you seeing a lot of strength in your team? And are you surprised how they're adapting to the battle because you are still battling and you look good at the moment yeah it depends which night you turn up um, with us really to be honest with you I mean if you take our last six games as, as kind of a, a a story of our season really um, we've had a brilliant win against Longford brilliant win against Finn Harps brilliant win against Sligo um, last night absolutely dreadful against Bowes came up here against Rovers absolutely dreadful so we're, we're, we have that inconsistency of a very very young side and, and a team that are in that at this level for the first time but I think at the start of the season I think pretty much every man and his dog had us down to finish last we're not last we're, we're eight points clear of bottom at the moment we're only five points behind catching the team above us so I think we're, we're yeah. I won't say we're happy with our lot but we're certainly not you know we're certainly not, not uh, getting overly frustrated and you're involved with the kind of overall running of the club as well how are you finding that yeah look it's 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 <laughs> 
it's good crack you're spending half your day planning a training session and you're spending the other half planning the golf classic which we have next week going better or worse than you anticipated because clubs have come up before and they've expected it to be easier than it actually was and look Monaghan are the ultimate example of how a club struggled once they got promoted yeah no I, I think the good thing with us kind of the main um, the main man on our on our committee on our board who's making a lot of decisions he's he's very very good and he will always always err on the side of caution okay. um, so in terms of estimating what we expected our average gate to be in terms of expecting what we expected what we wanted from, from income and revenue and all that kind of thing he was always erring on the side of cautions which has, has worked to our favour over the course of the season and uh, one thing he certainly does not let me do is spend money we don't have which has been great you know okay. just before I let you go you had a good look at Derry tonight you're playing them in the cup quarter final can't remember when exactly but what do you reckon that's going to be a tough one isn't it but you are at home yeah we have them Friday week um, and then as you say we have them the following Friday again in the league but we've played them twice this season and on both occasions they've beaten us 2-1 and on both occasions I think Gerard Hardy's taken the official man of the match award so we've been we've been well able for them so far we've been well able for them but as they showed both times against us and again tonight they, they always manage just about do enough so uh, hopefully we can turn that tight and they're all looking back up at us so we'll, we'll be very 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 quiet uh, just before I let you go um the fact that you're still in the cup does that add a bit of something to your season a bit of magic there a bit of bit of excitement still there yeah it definitely does um, I mean as we keep saying we're, we're uh, when we beat Sligo when we beat Sligo Mick Wallace obviously who's the, the, the chairman at our club Mick, Mick fired me a text and said uh you know, great result, well done. And I, I kind of responded to him half messing, saying two wins from the Aviva, to which Mick responded three wins from Europe. So there's none of us getting carried away with ourselves or anything with this cup run. But uh, no, look, it is, it is. It's nice, uh, it's a nice distraction, to be honest with you. So it is definitely. Shane Keegan there, uh, a man who has impressed pretty much everybody, I think, in their Wexford's first season in the Premier Division. He is a good footballing man and just a decent dude as well. Yeah, nice guy. He is indeed a nice guy. Uh, this good is hurling man as well. Is he? Uh, yeah. I, uh, oh, geez, he, it always comes back to this, Stu, isn't he, it? He's actually a leash man. I always assumed he was from Wexford, but he's actually a leash man and uh, he's a big follower of, follower of Rat Downey who were in the uh, leash semi-finals this weekend. Is he a believer of Cheddar? I didn't ask him about that. He never actually played the game, but he is a follower, okay. hurling-wise. You know that's how I grade people. That he just follows hurling. First question tomorrow was, do you like hurling? And despite the fact that she's from Connemara, she said yes that's how that whole thing works our first fight was about why I had no go-away player in my all-star selection this is why he looks down on the two of us even though he is the smallest guy in the room <sighs> he, actually I never noticed that yeah you're um, this is your last stature cheap shot this is your last one Easily for a soccer fan. couple of weeks you're off to Brathil as well to the Paris I am indeed yeah looking forward to covering the Paralympics soccer athletics uh, swimming, all sorts of sports and lots of medals to be won by the Irish athletes. And there 100% is. As a few games coming up this weekend on Friday night in the SSE or Tristy Premier Division, uh, Derry City, whether or not they can continue uh, what is not a title challenge according to Kenny Shields and yeah, what is according to some. Uh, they are at home to Galway United. Uh, Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's is the standout Dublin Derby uh, for Tallis Stadium from 7.45 and the same kickoff time uh, this coming Friday as well. It's Bowes versus... Dundalk and with the jumbling of the fixtures we've been kind of left without a home game I think our last home game Bohemians is like four games from the end of the season which is mental because we're finishing three away games you clarified our as in Bohemians our wasn't the podcast like we'd enter the team into the league we have several home games before the end of the season (laughs) Uh, but you don't because you're off to Brazil enjoy I will yeah Uh, so it's me and you Dan from here on in yeah uh, I think the standard will probably go up now in the next few weeks there is no question about that whatsoever I think you missed my form of GA judgement less hurling talk 
uh, no hurling talk. I mean, look look at the way in they GA, want to right? give any spoilers. Look right? at the way in GA when oh, we God. pelt a referee with objects in a high-profile game where there was 80,000 people, we immediately sweep it under the carpet, we make a few comments about how it's not really acceptable, we don't actually do anything about it. If that was Rovers and Bulls, you'd still be banging on about it. That must be that soccer crowd that got into Crow Park. It must have been those dubs with the United jerseys on under the Dublin jerseys. Yeah, a friend of mine was actually at that game and he tweeted afterwards uh, with a photo of the tunnel. Someone uh, that was close to him said, lads, we can't be at this, we're not a soccer crowd. That always happens when you hear booing at a GA match. I was at uh, Dublin and Limerick in Parnell Park earlier in the year and um, one of the Limerick players committed a fairly bad foul, went in for a heavy challenge and after that he was booed by the crowd and uh, a fellow journalist and I were laughing at this booing because it was comic booing. Like It, it yeah. wasn't really vicious was, booing. You know, yeah. And an old Limerick lad turned around and said, you're following the wrong code, lad. <laughs> Just a quick question on I that. I shook his hand and hugged him. Dad! How many Dublin fans actually know where Parnell Park is? Um, not a whole pile they tend to get lost on the way to club games if uh, if they do try and find it it's a hard place to find parking outside to be honest with you though if you're a true it, fan Richie it's up around, if you're a true fan yeah, then you, Daily Mount is so convenient of course it 100 is go to mass do you ever ask yourself do you ever lads do you ever ask yourselves why I only go to games in Turner's Cross and Tala good parking Good lord, that's what our league is predicated on. They were in serious trouble. Uh, Longford Bray on Saturday oh, as good well. Good parking there as well. Sligo versus Finn Harps is the other game that Smelly Dan Kelly will have an eye on as well this coming Saturday. The Northwest Derby. Yes, indeed it is, and it's a big one for both sides. Are you not too busy motorbiking up there, no? <laughs> I'll be at the Northwest 500. Literally, that you presume all people from around the north of the country are the same. They just all love motorbiking. They love champ frying stuff and potato yeah. farls. And depending on what side you're on, you either love an Irish fry or an Ulster fry. Cause, oh, good lord! Because they're so different. Uh, we, you've left us with several minefields to negotiate on your weeks away from this one. Uh, we won't talk about bombs and talk about the North. It's probably perform, but we'll simply talk. To well, you that's the week. thing about live podcasts; they can really blow up in your face. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Enjoy Brazil. I will. And we'll enjoy life without you. Hopefully you will too, dear listener. Till next time, adios. Bye. Bye. There is no earthly way of knowing <laughs> He's singing. which direction we are going. There is no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing!